like I believe in like long-term thinking and uh, patience, you know, and I, I try to embody that with this business a lot. That's been an interesting learning curve on, on having patience and sticking to long-term goals. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. I hope you're doing well. We have an amazing episode today. Nick from Bucci Coffee is on here, and he had a ton of value about starting an e-commerce business. Creating something from scratch is a big risk, but the payoff is more than fulfilling. In this episode, Nick talks about how he took his love for coffee to the next level by not only producing coffee he loves, but one that has created demand not only locally, but online. You're going to learn these three things and more in this episode. Number one, how traveling the world gave Nick the inspiration and creativity to pull the ripcord to start his own e-commerce business. Number two, how to personalize your brand online to make your customer come back again and again. And number three, how to create a brand that is focused on sustainability and some quick tips for shipping all over the country. Ready to go, guys? All right, enjoy this episode. So for those who do not know who you guys are, can you just give us a just kind of a brief over, overview of the company and um, kind of how you guys started? Yeah, so uh, so it's it's essentially, it's, it's my business. It's what we call it Bucci Coffee Co., uh, stolen from my very own last name. And um, yeah, we're, we're still really small operation, but started up uh officially established in 2019 it's kind of been a project i've been working on since around 2017 uh more unofficially just kind of experimenting but uh the long story short is i I did some traveling and i got to know the coffee world more intimately through some people that were working in the you know kind of the global coffee trade level of things and uh while i was traveling around that time 2016 2017 cold brew was getting really popular it was kind of rolling out in starbucks and things like that so I was totally falling in love with cold brew specifically. Um, and I knew that. So then when I came back from doing some traveling, came back to the States, I started doing my own cold brewing. And it's a really simple, like simple origin story. I was doing it. I was brewing for myself. I wanted more of it, started sampling with my friends. And I had to, you know, go from brewing in a mason jar to a, a gallon jug. And then from that to a bucket, a five gallon bucket. And now we're doing like, 30 gallon batches in some stainless steel kettles. So still, still very small, but um, a really just a growing out of necessity because I keep drinking it and uh, we found ways to get it out to, you know, cold brew and specialty cold brew coffee appreciators now all around the country, which is really cool. So that's kind of where we came from. And it's uh, mostly a one man show, mostly just me. I have some people that help me, but it is a, uh, largely my just my project and um yeah but this year should probably be a pretty big year for the business and we can talk about what that might look like and again what we've done in the last year or so if you'd like but that's the intro awesome and would you say that like the majority of the business started like there locally so like you you just obviously you source with all of your friends and everybody there locally and is a good majority of the business still local or what's the what's the e-commerce or the online version like percentage of the business right now 
Yeah, um, it definitely started locally, but I I wanted I I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be effective with like e-commerce, and I was always really like charmed by e-commerce because you know you're looking at your local area and you think of how many customers you could capture, and and then even my own personal network. Um, you know, these days we all I feels like we all know a lot of people in a bunch of different cities. If you went away to school or something, so I knew people all around the country, and I always knew that I immediately wanted to like regardless of it being a tiny little, little small local based business, I kind of had the e-commerce leg of it running very early on, um, to, you know, parallel to what I was doing locally here in New York. So, and currently I use a lot of like almost all e-commerce tools to kind of run the business. Some of the, you know, the delivering and the stuff is happening locally. It's probably about half and half right now, actually. So stuff that'll go in the mail and go beyond state lines and then um, stuff that's happening directly right here in my community. Or, you know, it's, it's probably more like 60-40 local here and, and growing more locally here, which is great. Um, but all the while, the online e-commerce element of it is also kind of growing and doing its own thing. So, yeah. Did you, have you... Did you, have you ex been experimenting with how you're delivering it? Because I think, I mean, I went to your website and I purchased some. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you later on, like, what were some of the things? Because technically, Aaron and I are not coffee drinkers at all. Um, so it was kind of interesting. But have you experimented with different ways to deliver it, you know, to make it more nationally? Um, has there been any struggles there? Um, how does that work? Yeah, totally. So this business has like, uh, it changes every week, basically still. Um, <laughs> although, although I've kind of like, I've, I've kind of established some core offerings and, and things, it's, things are still constantly changing. But um, so you were on the site, you ordered something you ordered my that a particular product that's like a pouch. So it's a flexible plastic beverage pouch thing that was kind of developed for the wine industry. Um, and so that's something that so I bounced around from bottle, glass bottles, plastic bottles, these pouch things, um, rigid plastic dispensers, which was actually a pretty popular offering that I was doing locally, local only, because that would never go in the mail. Um, so yeah, so it's been like a ton of experimenting. Um, this That particular pouch product is really great for a few reasons. Um, and that definitely enabled me to lean into the like national mailing of it. Prior to that, it was very... Um, very experimental it was like taking glass bottles and wrapping them in a ton of bubble wrap and like crossing my fingers and and mm -hmm. and, it, and in almost every case it worked out but it was it wasn't really a sustainable method and i, I knew that from when i was doing it but i just kind of had to go through those motions to be able to find out the next thing um so yeah so i landed on on that which works well for me um and it, it keeps it nice and fresh it's it's not a it's not uh, fragile so that's that's important of course and it's relatively light so you know kind of some of the key you know attributes that you want with like a mailing type product i think that 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 particular packaging works really well for that um but yeah so that i, I see that being a really core product even moving forward i feel like i kind of landed on that in a good place so i'm kind of working on branding that a little more and, and working on that specific thing but yeah everything kind of before this has been a bit experimental and then not really not leaning into it too heavily knowing that oh in two weeks i might find something better so i don't want to order a you know a ten thousand quantity or i don't want to 
get a bunch of graphic design work done because like I might be on to the next thing in, in a few weeks or a few months. So yeah, that's, that's been an interesting iterative experimental process. That's pretty cool. That's a, I think that's a, a good approach to, to what you're doing, especially starting out and kind of getting your feet wet with what it works, what doesn't work. Um, and like you said, like, I mean, me as a graphic designer, I would go, you know, full in on like, yes, let's make it look beautiful and like all this. But like, I like how you're kind of like stepping back a little bit and saying like, no, let's uh, figure this out and nail it down. Make sure that we actually have a product and be able to ship it correctly and and be enjoyed correctly. um, And then kind of worry about those those other things. I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, it's it's a philosophy that's born out of, uh, I mean, thinking a lot, but also out of necessity. It's kind of a it keeps things cheaper in some regard, uh, making less mistakes, you know, so just being conservative about the way, uh, cause again, this is, a, it's a bit, it's a self-funded project as of now. I don't, I have a lot of resources that I could tap into from myself, which we'll, which we'll talk about. I'm sure. Um, I do, so I do photography work as well. I do some graphic design work. I do some website work. So like, I'm kind of this Jack of all trades, which was part of the, my interest in small business, but yeah, it's, it's kind of the strategies of, definitely largely born out of necessity for like, I can't be buying large quantities of something like I've done in small scale. I've done like, you know, you buy 200 of these bottles and then you've packed 60 of them and you realize like, that's not the move. Then you got to figure out what to do with the rest of them. Maybe try to find a way to make them useful. You know, and this is all, it's all very small scale stuff. We're talking about a couple hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars, nothing huge, but for, for me still for this business, you know, you gotta, gotta watch everything and, make sure it stays tight so absolutely so yeah. um I, I mean more curious if we if we can stay on the packaging just for a second because i think that you do a really good job with your description i, I mean what caught my attention was just the the recyclability of that and then also the ingredients that you were using so it seems very purposeful um do have you gotten feedback on um those two things like the packaging that you have, um, cause I feel like it's kind of a nuance or it's not as used as, as readily as what I would have, uh, it was what I would think. And then also the, the way that you kind of go about it. I think, you know, the fact that you have the fair trade organic coffee side of things, I feel like people are going to gravitate towards you. Um, have you gotten feedback on, on the, both of those areas? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, not enough. I'd always love more. Like I was, you know, feedback's amazing. Uh, but I, I've actually, I was resistant to that particular, like that pouch packaging. I was pretty resistant to it for a while. Cause I, I don't, I don't l- totally love its aesthetic. Um, and for the longest time I was, I was able to just with my local offerings, I was using things that were completely, completely reusable, not even just recyclable, reusable. Um, so very, very sustainable. Um, so I, that's like super important for me. I'm not uh, at no point, like I'm always kind of keeping the sustainability of recyclability and stuff like that in mind. So I was like, pleased to find out that that packaging is actually, it actually is more sustainable than it may look. It's, it's plastic, but it is fully recyclable. Um, they claim that it has less of a carbon footprint than glass packaging, which I've, I'm taking their word for it on that. Uh, I don't, right. I don't, I don't totally understand their logic yet. Um, but I'm also not a chemical engineer. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I ended up trying that packaging out and then my customers were, were actually very intrigued by it. And, and again, it's born out of function. It's not, it's not necessarily like, 
I'm not doing it because it's aesthetically perfect for what I want to do, but it is actually probably the most perfect package to protect the coffee and allow it to get shipped in a box to you anywhere in the country. So it's like, checks that box. If I could get it to work for me aesthetically and like look and feel wise, and if my customers are vibing with it, then then that's great. And so that's kind of how I ended up leaning into that, where I started sending a few of those out and where I wasn't, you know, I was, wasn't sure what feedback I'd get. And then I'd hear, oh, this is actually really cool packaging. I've never really seen it. Uh, it's convenient. It works well. It's, it's intuitive for me to use. And I was like, oh, great. That's a great sign. Um, that was kind of the one part I wasn't sure about. So, so yeah, so I have gotten good feedback. That's why I've kind of kept it around. And it still isn't even a fully branded version of where I want to take it. Um, but it's getting there. It's getting closer as I kind of confirm that it's working well for me and working well for my customers. Um, you know, kind of even like just from the back end side, I'm going to be placing much larger orders, getting better pricing on it, being able to maybe work my prices down and then again, apply some good graphics to it and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, how did the, uh, I guess you, I mean, you've liked coffee for, for a long time, but, and, and you kind of mentioned traveling and then you've mentioned uh, the photography kind of graphics, maybe website background a little bit. Um, how does that all come together? And at what point do you realize like, okay, I want to start my own business and, and, and do this. Uh, I don't know. Are you doing it full time actually? Or is this kind of like a still? Not totally full time. It's about, about half my time. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so I mean, at, at what point were you, you know, I don't know, traveling and doing photography? I think you're also an engineer by, by, by trade technically, like, right? Is that yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a pretty, so, I'm a pretty strange dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm just trying to put everything together. How, how does that uh, come yeah. about? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll try to, try to explain something concisely. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, I've been addicted to traveling for a while. I'd say that's a, that's a consistent thing for many, many, many years. And I was very lucky to like do a lot of traveling when I was at school. I started, I kind of, I guess I probably got the bug when I did a study abroad program in 2014 when I was in college. Um, was jumping all around the UK, Italy, a lot of Western Europe. I met a lot of cool people. So then I had this network where I wanted to get back in the world. And so I did some more and I was constantly jumping out to see people. And then yeah, I don't know. Then I, I was working, uh, I went to school for engineering. So uh, I've always liked to build things. I've always been curious about the way things work, having like a much more intimate knowledge of like how things actually work. Um, so you learn a lot of crazy stuff in that curriculum. You learn a lot of, you know, designing concepts and the very, very nitty gritty deep down detail of things. So I think that that skill set is like, I've learned in time that that actually is applicable all over the place. And I was working a traditional engineering job and I actually, I just found it to be a little bit um, narrow in scope, um, but it was a good job. You know, it was like, I, I, I was working in New York city. It was pretty good. Like couldn't complain. Salary was good, all that, but I just didn't feel very fulfilled. Um, I'm a pretty high energy, always like to be making things, building things and stuff like that. So I think that at that, the timing was just such that I, I really started to fall in love with coffee. I even, you know, even just, it's not always such a purely uh, emotional step, right? For me, I saw an opportunity too. I'll be honest, you know, I kind of was always monitoring the market. Again, I was a consumer of cold brew coffee and stuff like that. And I, I also specifically felt like I saw a gap in the market of uh, 
of like a real high quality, like specialty grade coffees, which again, you guys aren't big coffee drinkers, but there is this whole spectrum in coffee, just like there is beer, just like there is wine. Um, wine is probably the most comparable. Um, but I just didn't see anybody doing like this elevated form of taking these like really great high quality specialty grade coffees from all over the world. Um, which like coffee and traveling is very, very linked in its own way. If you've ever had a cup of coffee in America, it's never been produced in America. We don't grow any coffee. So the coffee that ends up in every single cup, which America, we drink a lot of coffee, billions and billions of dollars worth. It's, it's, it's a global market, you know, from the second you, you're brewing it, grinding it, doing anything with it, roasting it. So that, you know, is like a charming little element of people that work in coffee are always pretty intimately uh, aware of the fact that it's a global, uh, you know, industry. And so, the, so my interest in travel kind of was always, it would always like seemed like a, that was a little push for me and like, oh, there's opportunity to travel in this, in this space, but you got to like earn your stripes with that, you know? So I was like, I could start a little business and maybe one day I can be importing from farms that I could, that I could travel to myself and learn about and do photography. And so I have, I do have these very big goals for this business that um, kind of keep me, keep me going and keep me interested. They're, they're, they're big though. And I'm not, not nearly there, but it's definitely like the big picture goal. And I, I could elaborate, but. Yeah. I was going to say, I think if people are, are listening now, we, we do want to know, can you elaborate? Like, tell us, you know, what is the next 12 months? Uh, or maybe you could step back first and just say, what did the last 12 months look like? And then what do you, what do the next 12 months kind of look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last 12 months were, were really kind of just about in my head, we're, we're largely about brand building. Um, everything that I've done, you know, we, I've done nearly 600 orders through my website, which is probably again, representing about half of the half of the orders that I'm doing, whether there's stuff happening in person, I do markets, you know, like a lot of other local small businesses, I've done a bunch of holiday markets. So, I mean, and then I forget that, you know, COVID happened and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we op the, I guess the last 12 months were like completely unique, although they almost feel normal now. But, it, you know, if you if you evaluate them against the last the 12 months prior to that different. Um, but, yeah, it was a good it was a good year regardless. Like it was very interesting to see the way that um, like I don't it's different to talk about COVID and small business, whatever. But, you know, I was it, I was linked to that. So. Um, it definitely affected the way it, it, and it had me lean into e-commerce a lot more for sure. And like really try to, uh, you know, wrestle with the importance of social media and web and, and my content, which I don't really like the word, um, on website, on the website and all that. So that definitely like pushed me into that direction, but I wasn't, I didn't resent it per se. Although I really do. I really loved ha uh, connecting with people in person you know, with this business. And I guess I could tie that into where I want to go um, when, when it's more available, but uh, yeah, the last year was good. It was uh, again, it's still small, but I feel like my philosophy is just, I try to nail every interaction, every customer interaction and just do a great job. And we're not making tons of money yet or anything like that, but um, it's also a weird time. And I think that you know, hopefully in the next, let's say the next 12 months, um, the goals would be 
building out a dedicated production facility to kind of get my quality, consistency, and just um, production amount up. Uh, I have goals of kind of doing more business to business relationships locally uh, that are, you know, consistent and kind of be a little bit of a backbone of the business. But again, but any food and beverage thing is is directly related to the restaurant industry, the cafe industry, retail at large, which, you know, I'm not I'm not that old. I don't know where this is going. I have no idea. I'm not sure. I think anybody that pretends they know is kind of pretending. Um, so that's why I, I, the e-commerce part is going to be important. And but I also hope that the real world part of this business can can kind of flourish in this next year as well. Um, what that might look like more specifically, again, is if like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like we're exploring some things like for the spring, so office spaces, having a kegerator of my cold brew on tap, that would be like a local thing, um, managing, you know, with a space locally, uh, producing kegs and dropping them off. I actually, I have a brewery locally that, uh, that puts my coffee on nitro tap, which again is kind of a, uh, less common thing, but maybe becoming more common. And I would think like, you know, companies and little like brands like me will be able to enable that. I think it's a meaningful offering at a space like a brewery or a cafe or even a restaurant. And I also think that the way I'm like the, the quality of my product is I really am trying to keep it at the, at the top level of coffee, cold brew coffee, all things coffee. I'm using really high quality ingredients because I want to be able to work with brands that I really admire, uh, whether that's locally or regionally or nationally. Um, there'll never be a question of whether or not the quality of what I'm making is good. It just be it's it would be much more of just a logistics and so that's where I'm I'm trying to iron out all the uh, production logistics things like that. The real the real engineering, if you will. You know, it's funny. I have a lot of conversations with people that are like, oh well you know, you, you should do this, that it would be great for you. You know, you'd probably get super swamped and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, if I do that, I also need to, I also need to build a factory. Like, so there, you know, there's a couple of, couple of steps here. So um, the way that I currently work is largely out of the home. Um, some production and things happen elsewhere, but uh, uh, that's what 2021 is going to be all about is getting out of the house into a dedicated product production facility that full time that allows me to kind of tackle like much bigger projects all while the direct to consumer stuff, I really want to grow relatively naturally, naturally, mostly um, word of mouth. And then, you know, maybe eventually working with a clever marketing type brand, maybe somebody like yourselves. I'd love to hear more about, you know, what you guys do with small businesses, of course. Um, but yeah, I also, I, I believe in, I believe in experts. Like I want to be the guy who's an expert at, making the best cold brew coffee in the world and a couple other things. I'm not sure that I need on my resume, like social media guru. I don't, I, I'm not really that guy. I'm pretty good at it just because of my, my age. And, you know, we, I was raised by computers and we have pretty good intuition with these things. And I do photography and web stuff. And, but otherwise, you know, I, I look forward to a day where I can, you know, maybe outsource some of that without, without diluting the brand or any of my kind of my vision. So. Hey y'all growing and scaling a profitable online store can be difficult. 
especially if your strategy has been to watch YouTube videos and ask your friends some questions. But when you have a proven strategy in place, growing just gets much easier. We created a free training that covers the exact framework we use for every one of our online store owners. This is a five-part strategy that will be your secret weapon to increasing your return on ad spend, average order value, and repeat customers. And these are tactics that you can take and implement today. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing your online store and stop spending hours on YouTube, then click below to get access to our free training and start scaling your store today. How you kind of mentioned word of mouth and different things and how have you been able to get to that 600 order mark on, on the website? Has it everything been word of mouth or have you done any sort of marketing through social or anything like that? Um, it's mostly, it's mostly word of mouth, but, um, I've done, I mean, other than, um, organic marketing by just, by just posting and trying to put out stuff that I think is cool. And my customers, like I do very, I've done very little paid, uh, advertising. I've probably spent, I think I've spent a couple hundred dollars in the last two years on just a couple one-off, uh, uh, little ads that I might've, that I might've ran on Facebook or just, just like a boosted post, for example, um, I did some of that, but I, I don't, most of it's probably not attributable to that. It's largely attributable to the fact that I, I just, I have a, I have an interesting network. I have a decent amount of friends who are supporting me and then, you know, and then word of mouth largely, um, is I think the main thing that that's, that's making it work for now. I was going to say that's insanely impressive yeah. because uh, for so many reasons, uh, I'm actually curious if you if you're able to not necessarily share dollar amounts, but I am curious about like um, if you know like your repeat customer rate or you know roughly that stuff. But uh, and we can get into that. I'd, I'd be curious to hear, um, and I know that people who listen would be interested on that e-commerce side of things because you say it kind of nonchalantly about the 600 orders, but I will tell you that um, you're you're focusing on probably the most important thing, which is that brand building. And because of that, people are like, hey, where'd you, where'd you get that bougie coffee? Okay, I'm going to tell a friend about this or, or whatever else. Um, so I think that's very impressive and, and worth a kudos, especially if you haven't spent very much in advertising to get it out there. So um, that just proves... And advertising, I guess, to clarify, is, is just basically gasoline or rocket fuel to something that's already working. So advertising is going to work for you because you have that backbone. Uh, so I, I just wanted to give you a kudos to that because it's, it's very impressive to be at that and to build that kind of brand, um, especially so quickly. Um, I appreciate that, Aaron. Uh, it's cool to get that perspective on him. I say it nonchalantly because it kind of feels that way to me. But uh, Perception but is reality, cool. right? It's just it's it's what you know. So Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, well, so I, I would be... Well, I'd be happy to share. I'd love to share with you guys uh, numbers and things like, you know, the my Squarespace analytics charts. They're beautiful charts. I look at them pretty often. Um, I always feel like there's more to learn from them than I actually am when I'm looking at them. Uh, I know there's a lot of power there. I, again, my background in engineering does allow me to have some sort of analytical, mathematical, statistical insights into these things. But Again, I know that perhaps people like you, you two, were, uh, can really interpret those well and and know where to kind of make some tweaks. I'd be ha I'd love to share them with you. Maybe not literally right now, but uh, yeah. if, if 
I, I don't know what, you know, there's so many numbers, what revenue, this, that, I, whatever could be insightful. I'm basically probably happy to share it to the audience, but I, I don't know what, I don't know okay. what to share. <laughs> yeah. There's just a couple of main numbers that really kind of tell the story for an e-commerce store. Uh, one of those is the store conversion rate. So how many people go to the site and then how many actually purchase. Um, so let's look at that real quick. Um, Cause let's do it. This is going to be funny. What if I say a number and it's like, wow, that's quite bad. <laughs> I will not say it's quite bad. I'll say there's maybe an area of improvement. Actually, the fact that let's, let's just say right now that where you're at for the business, what you've told us, what we know about the business right now from online, what we've researched and what you've told us before this um, is that you're in a very good spot. So no matter what, there's only going to be upward. So I don't think there's any falling below. If your numbers are, let's just say if your conversion rate is bad, it's just even more impressive of your 600 orders. So that's a great perspective. Thanks for that. Um, so let's see, I'd love to, let's, let's rattle off some numbers. I have my thing here and let's use the last 60 days um, because they've been kind of better. They've been pretty good. Okay. At least for me. Uh, how do I, let's see. Last week, year to date. Well, or let, let's just do year, year to date. Perfect. That's a good stat. So, um, conversion rate. Is that what you were, that was you were asking about? Yep. Store conversion rate. 2.78. Nice. So is, what, is it nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I would say the average is about that one and a half to two percent. We try to get clients to that three percent or above. Um, so when you actually get paid traffic there, um, or like something like that, your conversion rate will actually go up. So the fact that you have organic traffic going there and they're converting it almost three percent is impressive. The reason paid traffic converts a little bit higher is because you just shown an ad to somebody who may be interested in coffee and they're like, oh, I, I'm interested in coffee. I click through, I have intent. So the conversion rate goes up. So the fact that you're at 2.75, I mean, there's some things you could probably do to improve it, but that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, and I, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm, I am conscious of the fact that, um, you know, I look at a lot of this and I'm like, it's okay right now. And like you said, I like that terminology. Like if I want to, if and when I'm ready to kind of turn on the sales machine, I think that we could be a bit more effective. Um, and I, I kind of have felt that way. And it's nice to hear that you you feel similarly. Um, so, yeah, that's that seems like a pretty good thing. But I, I also I really do like there's this whole analytical side. I, I, I do both. I, I like I'm definitely that business owner that like sometimes I'm not looking at the, the dollars and cents at all, like at all. And sometimes I'm really drilled into it. Um, it depends on the depends on what pro, what thing I'm working on. And but I'm getting I'm getting closer to the to the kind of I think again without diluting the the fact that this I'm extremely passionate about this and I I really just want to like deliver value to people. I also think it's meaningful to like good so do it to more people and grow your business like grow keep growing and uh, without without making it feel any without making it any more of a diluted version of what it is so um, yeah yeah you owe it to the people because you i mean you just told us earlier that you create the best cold brew coffee and in, in arguably hopefully in the world soon enough um you're basically doing a disservice if you <laughs> so you're doing a disservice if you don't share it to more people really 
Hey, Soul Earners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. Um, one other, one other big number we want to know about is your average order value. Where does that number usually hover at, or, or so far year to date? Thirty-seven. Okay, so there's an area you can make some money. Then, um, you really want to, as an e-commerce business, uh, really want to hover to get to that at least that fifty dollar part or that fifty dollar range, um, and that means that typically. People are buying your pouch. I see is what Christian did. He bought your pouch. That's probably what people are doing is buying the $30 pouch. Um, so one other option could be to uh, either give more value. I would add more value and say, hey, this amount or buy this pouch and get this in addition to it for you know a great deal or, or free shipping or whatever that may be. But mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're already going to come, I would try to get as much out of Christian as possible. Um, because it's going to be adding more value to him and he's going to experience a different part of the brand and more than likely going to come back because of that. So he bought the pouch, maybe he buys something else. Maybe he tries, you know, the new, uh, or the Brazil or Africa, um, African grain, uh, beans. Bean. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I hear you. Go ahead. No, I hear you. That's interesting. Um, Again, that number to me is never, it's never meant too much. Uh, I look at it 37. It makes sense because of course I see all my orders. Some of them are 50, some of them are 25 and that's how you get 37 roughly, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But yeah, that, that's, that's a cool insight that, that you guys feel like 50 is a, is a, is a good number and makes sense. Of course you want to be, you know, because each interaction, each order takes time and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, that that's interesting. I wonder if I did a larger. I think that's generally what the number hovers around. It has been for a long time. Okay, well that's good. And um, as far as like, um, and then the, I guess the most important number after this one. So there's a couple of things. One, you want to get new customers, obviously, but then you want them to come back multiple times, and you want them to buy more. Um, but really, if you look at it this way. Uh, getting new customers is a priority, but it's really secondary to getting those customers to come back more often and to buy more every time that they come. If you do those two things, you're going to be successful because your business can just grow organically and they come back and actually purchase more often. So uh, the last important number, I guess, that I would be curious to know is um, what's your repeat customer rate um, or like you know, let, let's just say Christian buys today. Obviously, we're in the middle of. I guess it's March first now. I was thinking February. Um, it's March now. Yeah. When, when on average is he going to come back? And from your knowledge, and then, um, what's your t- customer retention rate? Like your return rate, basically. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I actually have a number generated on that. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with it, at least. But um, I would say, yeah, that that's something I'm still trying to figure out actively. Actually, I'm definitely, I definitely don't totally know at all. But I could speculate. Um, like I have some customers that are actually almost exclusively buying whole bean coffee from me, and they do it 
monthly, more or less, which is kind of what I've encouraged through some of my messaging and and they're kind of following what I would like to see. And, and I do have some of them. Um, I've got a good amount of repeat customers, which, you know, makes me feel good. That's, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have great insights on that, um, to be honest, but it feels like actually, I mean, the only thing I would say is that seems pretty definitive or where at least I want to take it and mm -hmm. kind of make sure it is happening is it is kind of like a monthly schedule. If I think about what most of my offerings are, um, whether it be the whole bean coffee, uh, a cold, the cold brew coffee offerings, and I basically for for cold brew e-commerce website, it is it's that one product basically, it's that pouch product. So, um, and yeah, that that tends to kind of be a monthly thing. Uh, but the way I I don't know if you guys, the way it's getting offered right now is not it's not necessarily even. Uh, always always available i i'll bank orders and then we do like kind of a batch wise uh blast of things that's part of like so it's not it's not the totally typical you know there's no i don't i don't inventory anything anymore i don't kind of keep a stock that's kind of in the interest of having everything be extremely fresh so christian your order which i'll send out tomorrow was brewed yesterday and packaged today actually uh this morning and so you'll get it two days from tomorrow so you will have gotten it so this is a big this is like a tent like a big principle of my brand that i'm trying to just like keep up with and and get more consistent with is that you're going to get my products within a week of it getting brewed and the comparable grocery store product can't compete with that when it comes to freshness and largely isn't even trying to compete with it when it comes to quality of ingredients and things like that. So that's where I like to think that uh, this is an interesting model for this type of business because I could really, so long as my customers are just for now, a little bit patient, um, I could kind of keep the control on my end of like, you're getting everything extremely fresh. Um, and then I see with, with growth, there won't be necessarily even like a waiting. This is again, this is like logistics back end of the actual production of this stuff. Um, it will be constantly recycling, just like anything. Like you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, they're always busy. Their food's always fresh. That's why we go there. There's no question of, you know, anything like that. So that's, that's what I want Bucci Coffee Co. to be. I want it to be this like on-demand, fresh, cold brew delivery to your door service. It's, you know, it's nearly a service as much as it is a product company, I guess is kind of sometimes how I think of it. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, everything that you just talked about were some of the, the key characteristics that made me buy, right. One of those key components that made me buy uh, the actual coffee. It wasn't just because you were on our show. I mean, yes, that could play a part, but at the same time, the, I think it was yeah the article on, on Instagram from the yeah the river journal where you're kind of comparing the complexity of the different flavors of coffee to wine i drink wine so that resonated with me and then you also talked about how people should buy uh, coffee as a buy produce uh on a grocery store and then yeah when you were talking about the freshness and then when i found out that yeah it's also like i'm not just buying it and you know it's our, it's been on a pouch or whatever i don't know it's, it's something that's fresh right that it could be sometimes where 
I don't know, maybe you're waiting a couple, a little bit longer, but you know that you're just waiting for that batch that it's getting, uh, you know, a small batch that also, you know, caught my attention. Uh, so there was definitely a, a lot of little things, subtle things here and there that made me like, huh, I actually do want to try this. Uh, and when you talked about the, the nuanced flavors and the fruitiness uh, and less of that burnt tasting, I was like, okay, I feel like most of my life, the coffee that I have tried is always just a, that burnt, you know, flavor of coffee or overly creamed with, you know, a lot of creamers and milk and sugars and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I would say the last thing, and I think this is where your photography background comes in, is I don't think I've ever seen cold brew coffee on a sort of delicate wine type glass looking thing with ice in it. Like that was like, this looks like wine to me. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm very excited yeah. to try it. Yeah. Well, thank you for touching on all those things. They're all, yeah, that's definitely like, I, I, I just kind of do things differently uh, when it comes to this, you know, the cold brew space, like. I genuinely think that there's that a uh, there's not a place for a serious like coffee drinker to be even to be participating in the in the productized version of cold brew right now. You either make it at home or you go buy something at the grocery store and find out that it's underwhelming and you're like, oh, well, I guess I can't buy these bottled products or these canned products because I don't, they're, I don't think they're very good. Um, and I think that there's just like, I honestly think that in a few years, everyone will be doing what I'm doing because you can, and these products shouldn't be, you know, sitting around uh, on shelves for a long time. Like it just, there is an actual legitimate, like all business aside and like, like I'm, I'm a purist in this regard. Like it's either it should be fresh and great or it just shouldn't happen at all. Um, or you can make it yourself. Like don't buy a product. Like don't, don't interact with any business. Just like buy coffee. Like that was like a really big guiding principle for me. Um, I was like, how are you going to sell somebody? I mean, it happens all the time, but like, how, how are you going to sell somebody chocolate chip cookies? Like you could make the best, some of the best chocolate chip cookies you've ever had in your own oven. If you like, if you, you know, if you, but most people don't, you know, time and resources and, and some knowledge. So how am I going to sell people cold brew coffee? Um, you could just put coffee and water in a jug and brew it in your fridge and do it. But eventually it becomes like a friction point. Like you, you, it gets annoying. You have to do a lot of cleaning. Like for anybody that's done it, there is actually a bit of a, a small barrier to entry. Um, and that's why I like some of the, like I just do it a little differently and kind of brought it closer to that world of wine and whiskeys and spirits where, it's just a really, really intentional process to make this. And then there's some things in the process as well with like the filtration of the, of my coffee is, is insane. Like when you get it, you'll see it. If you put it in a clear glass, it's absolutely crystal clear because I'm using filtration techniques from, from the wine industry actually that's used on white wines and things to get that beautiful sparkling clear liquid. So that's where like the engineer in me wanted to say, Oh, well, what, what, things kind of take from this industry and bring it to the coffee industry because I think it's worth it. I think it's worthy of it. Um, so that that's where they kind of tie together. Um, I like that you brought up the wine thing because it's actually something I intend to lean into more and try to try to educate people more on because I think I'm doing an okay job with it, but you could always do more, right? I could always, I, I, I need to write more blog articles and I do, I have a million things to say. I just uh, might, I just don't necessarily have the time to, say it and be a writer all the time but 
I do need to do more of that. And it's so it's cool that that resonated with you. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm drinking, I'm drinking some right now. Uh, a lot of some people think I'm drinking whiskey, which is what it looks like. It's what yeah. it feels like. <laughs> it's what it almost tastes like, but it's coffee. You're getting energized. You're getting inspired. Like this is my favorite way to, to enjoy a coffee. So again, this, this brand is really just like me. Um, so maybe that resonates with some people, which is cool. I was going to say it resonates with me very much. So my wife and I were talking this morning about just the difference between beer and whiskey. And I was like, I just enjoy whiskey so much more. Um, but you know, liquor has a little bit, uh, worse effect on you, the beer long-term. But I was just thinking like the way you were describing it, um, it's kind of, it's a, I think it's a way that, yeah, you should definitely double down on like to, um, draw people in to understand like the, not the, I don't think the complexity, but the, the art really of the cold brew, because like you're saying it is when you're drinking right there. And I think I was on your about page or there was some page that you had. Um, it was like, you know, Bucci coffee on the rocks. And that just instantly made me think of, you know, whiskey or whatever. And then the fact that you're talking about drinking it right here, it's just very appealing. And it would make me as somebody who doesn't necessarily drink coffee to at least try it and just give it a try because, um, like Christian said, our experiences with coffee have just not been good. So, um, right. I, I think that's something to be said. And when you were saying something earlier about, I, I really want to, I really want to see your process. Maybe it's when you get, um, like a, your own space, uh, like specifically for brewing, but I would really love to see your process. Cause I think you're a really good storyteller. There's a lot of really good angles that you're taking to show something. And I would just love to see how it's made because I can, I can just kind of envision this amazing process and then the organic, um, you know, quality, uh, the, just the way that you put things together all the way to the packaging, to shipping it out. It's just like a full experience. And then the bonus is that we get to drink it. But it's, I think I would fall in love with the whole experience because you do a really good job of showing that. So I feel like a video like that on your, on your about page or something would just instantly grab people for e-commerce that just pulls them right in. So, um, I know you have those capabilities just looking at the content you've created, but I would, I would love to see that. I, I appreciate that, Aaron. I would love to see it too. Um, I am actively kind of working on that. You're right it, about it probably won't come until um, it won't come until I, I, I've kind of built my I've built my beautiful place um, because right now it's funny, you know, it, it, it is a beautiful product and it is and it is probably the best in the world. But, you know, it, it doesn't look it doesn't always look that way. Some of some some of the process is a little more, a little more janky looking than it actually is. So that's why I need a. I know that this this year is actually going to be pretty big for us in that regard, where I'll be able to invite people in. I also I'm um, I'm always tiptoeing. Maybe like I think a lot of people. Some I don't know. Like there's a little bit of it that feels like uh, trade secrets, but it's not really, it's not really the case. Like I, I I'm pretty much an open book. Um, and I just, but I just want to, I want to wait to tell that story until I feel really great about how it looks and feels. And it is just at the level of, uh, you know, where I want it to be to indicate my brand and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I'm dying to make the exact video that you talked about. Trust me. Um, we are looking forward to it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I know that there's definitely some aspects of the process that it's probably, you know, the proper, 
proprietary proprietary there we go um or you know something that you don't necessarily want to share and that kind of brings back to uh the show on the discovery like how it's made mm-hmm. like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. there were uh, some one episodes one of my favorite shows ever yeah so some episodes they would just go like oh yeah and then this goes into this machine and the magic happens in there you know like and they don't really show you how it's made it's just like yeah, a, yeah. a facade of, of yeah there's really nothing going on here uh we're not going to show right. you exactly how it's done but uh it's right. it was still very cool and like just awe-inspiring to to watch so uh, totally yeah. yeah and i would just say like a little it's a little bit of a nerdier cold brew specific production specific tidbit but um Another thing that actually was really appealing to me about, you know, what even helped me leap into this business was, um, you know, when you're doing your research and trying to figure out, well, what's out there? What do I need? What type of equipment do I need? All this stuff. Um, when I was doing that research three years ago, there was like nothing. It was just like, it, it's still very early um, for, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but I still think it's very early for commercial scaled um, cold brew coffee production. And if you're, if you're in this space and you're looking around on the internet, only, only as of the last year or so, do you start seeing commercialized products for like, even for like the equipment that you need. Otherwise I was buying wine and beer equipment, you know, uh, three or four years ago. And like, that's a part of the kind of ingenuity and like that, that, you know, that gets my, the other part of my brain going, um, some of the things I've, I've built, like I, I use a, this vibratory sifting mechanism thing that I just built in my garage. It's, it's bizarre looking. Um, it, it works though. It's cool. And that's like, yeah, that's proprietary. It's that there's no reason why I can't actually share it for that reason. It's just, um, that that's part of what, you know, it keeps me really inspired in this business is like, it's happening live. Like you can't just go out and buy the plug and play system to like do this. Um, or maybe Maybe you can now, but I'm not, I'm not looking anymore. So I don't know, maybe you can, but I like to think that what I've developed is, is kind of unique, even from the, from the technical kind of standpoint, which I think is, you know, good to have. So that's, that's why like, yeah, it's, it's funny with all the way from R and D design engineering, like screwing, screwing in bolts and nuts and things all the way up to, you know, branding it's kind of all me. So sometimes things fall through the cracks and I think I'm like, Oh, I need to do more. I need to do better with my branding or I need to do better with this or that. And I have a hard time explaining it to people sometimes. Cause it's like, I, I was, I spent, I spent four hours last night, like designing like a custom stainless steel brew kettle for my new system. Like it's hard to, it's hard to like justify that time and say it's good use of time. But like, I think it is. And, uh, it, you know, it'll eventually be very important for me. But we'll also be important in that, of course, you got to got to sell the stuff. You got to have a good, uh, eventually have a good team, guys like you working on it. I don't know, something like that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we have a s- section of the show is kind of like a rapid fire uh, question, not necessarily related to the coffee, but it could be um, or but uh, there's, there's just a couple of rapid fire questions we always like to go through. Is there anything that's off limits I should ask? Not ask? Me? I'm just kidding you. They're, they're not, not that like. Not my girlfriend. No, she okay. Doesn't, she doesn't exist, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell her. Tell us about her. Okay. How would you describe her in the future? Um, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> okay. So, 
What purchase of $100 or less has positively impacted your life in the last six months or recent memory? Purchase $100 or less. Um, film cameras. I, any various, I buy cameras all the time. I kind of collect film cameras. Is that, it, does it, is it supposed to be in the category of the business or are we talking? No, it could be anything. Life. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't buy a lot of crap anymore. I don't think, at least I try not to, but I, I do have a thing for, uh, for old film cameras and I bought like this, this one pretty recently and, uh, it makes me happy. So it's cool. It's waterproof. I, I don't exactly know when it's from, but it's a waterproof point and shoot 35 millimeter film camera. That's Very awesome. Happy. How much did you spend on that? I think it was like 35 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like photography. That's so yeah. Interesting question. <laughs> That's probably one of the fastest answers we've gotten to that question. So it's just impressive for you. Because um, I'm backed up on Bucci coffee. There you go. <laughs> that, now that's the answer right there. All right, next question. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Belief, behavior, or habit. Hmm. Um, last five years? Um, Besides drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, belief... That's a tough one. I, so much has happened in the last five years, but I would say I've, I've adopted like a, a pretty, like, I believe in like long-term thinking and, uh, patience, you know, and I, I try to embody that with this business a lot. So I don't know. I, and I, that definitely have, seems to have affected my life and the way I do things. Um, you know, thinking on different time scales rather than, you know, because some of these, some of the things that I'm trying to tackle these days are not things that could happen in one week or even one month in some cases. So that's been really, that's been an interesting learning curve on, on having patience and sticking to long-term goals. Yeah, it's in incredibly important in business or anything else. And I'm sure you guys are intimately familiar with that. So I'd say I kind of made hopefully good progress in that category of, you know, trusting the process a little bit and, and thinking long-term rather than being super day-to-day -day on things. Cause I don't think you get very important things done that way. And I think it's like a, a shift from what you currently see a lot on, on social media, YouTube, especially with, with this drop shipping, like start your business on drop shipping today, find your products, make a quick book and, you know, kind of retire or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of looking into that, yeah, that long term, which is, I think is the, the true way of entrepreneurship and, and business ownership. That's the way that they should be thinking. That's awesome. I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel that way too. All right. Super easy one, or it could be the hardest one. I don't know. Um, so what's your current binge right now? We used to say Netflix binge, but now there's Amazon and, and Hulu and Disney plus. So what are you currently binging right now? Hmm. Um, that's a, yeah, that's not even the easiest one. Honestly, it's actually just like Christopher Nolan movies. Nice. He is my all time favorite director by far. Um, and I just, I recently watched the dark Knight trilogy, 
you know, one, two, three, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. And that is just, I think, probably the best series of movies that's pro- that's ha- that's happened in our lifetime. So maybe that. Otherwise, I'm not a big, I'm not a big show guy, and um, I'm I'm weary of it because they're such massive time commitments sometimes. <laughs> so I, I actually kind of move back towards movies if I'm going to watch something or try to entertain myself at night. And uh, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of those movies. I like very heady kind of dark, sometimes twisted stuff, sci-fi. So yeah, I think if you're going to watch something, make it, make it worth it. There's so much crap out there now. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the way you describe this, you'd probably be a fan of Christopher Nolan. So you should check out his work. Um, I saw, um, I saw an Instagram story or no, it was actually a post from a director. I'll try to find it and send it to you, but it was, um, inception, the dark Knight, And then there was something else and it was all, um, the top of the screen was the movie and the bottom of it was like behind the scenes. And so it's just showing like how exactly it was made. It's pretty cool. Um, I've seen a good amount of those. Yeah. And it's very cool. He's it's, uh, it's insane. The, the type of work that he's put in together. So I think the only thing that people were kind of upset with him about was his most recent movie. Um, so have you seen it? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I just know that some the critics were. You guys have two minutes for like a really offshoot random story. Okay, let's go. Happens to be it was in Texas, so I was in Austin, Texas, uh, about two two months ago. You know, it was in COVID and whatever. It was a trip that was planned already. Long story short, it was Tenet was in theaters, and I am like a huge Christopher Nolan fan, so we went to see it, and it was the worst movie watching experience of my life because I was so, I was so excited in the theater. The volume was too loud. It was painfully loud, like painful. Like we had to like close your ears and you know, that movie, I don't know if you saw it, but I like half saw tenant because I only saw half of it because we left because it was so painful. And we like complained like three times. We went to the people who were like, can you guys check the volume in this, in this, uh, you know, and, we were convinced we weren't crazy. I was with two other people. We all were looking at each other like, this is insane. So I've half seen Tenant. I haven't gone back to actually watch it again because I wanted to see it in theaters. And um, yeah, that was a brutal, that was a brutal experience. So I do, I have to still have to see it. I, for what I saw, I liked it, but I also felt like I was being tortured the entire time. So it was a little. I feel, I feel like I heard about that, like that not just being a problem for that theater. But it the audio act- in general, yeah, for that movie was kind of wonky. Okay, um, all right. So it's kind of interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I was suspicious of that too. I was like, I can't believe they'd be messing it up this bad. But they were definitely messing it up. But I also was suspicious that something was going on. I was like, this, I don't know, it seems a little intense, like too intense. Like we've all seen Inception, right. super intense, but watchable and great and powerful. Some, something weird's going on with Tenet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I've I've seen it in in its entirety, um, and what it, it's it's weird. It? Yeah, like it's it? good. It's good. Yeah, it's one of those that you have to watch, you know, three or four times to truly get the whole thing, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. I just went to YouTube and started watching a bunch of, you know, yeah, ex- explained. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I gotta uh, revisit. That, yeah, but uh, we didn't talk about this, but this is like also like another quick question. Um, when you talk about the ice cream, but I'm curious on what's the farthest that you've shipped the ice cream. 
Well, it says it's only local, but I don't know if that's... No, that's free delivery, right? Oh, free delivery. Oh. That's, yeah, that's the only thing that it's... Uh-huh. Well, wait, what do, you th- what do you think? Do you think it's local or do you think it's delivery? Okay, so on the website, my understanding was that the free delivery is for locals only. Correct. Okay. And I would assume that it's not... That, I don't know. You can't ship it besides the local? I would say that, like... Yeah, I don't know if it's. Um, I haven't tried to add it to my cart. Let's see here. Um, oh, you can't add to your cart, but I'm assuming if you can add to your cart, it's saying like, "Hey, add to your cart," you but you, you can't, can't add it to your cart. No, you can. You can't add it to your cart, uh, but then it says local delivery only. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. Right now it's um. Yeah, uh, this has been interesting, and we could go on this for a long time, actually. And again, maybe we, maybe I should circle back with you guys if it was worth your time. But I, I'm trying to figure out ways to meld this site of like, uh, I want to be able to do local, hyper local stuff that I can't do na- nationally. Um, I thought about building parallel websites. Uh, this is, uh, I, I hope, is supposed to be clear that there are a couple things that are only available to people right here in my immediate area. Um, it does give you that little pop-up that says, hey, are you sure like you're here in Westchester County, New York? So it is only right here. I'm not mailing it yet. But, uh, well, I, you know, it's funny. I tried an experiment. There's a lot of experimenting that goes on that I don't publish or anything, of course. Um, miserably failed. Uh, tried to mail a six-pack to my friends in Massachusetts. Shout out to Liana. And it, uh, it of course... I, I was I was having great luck with um, all my shipping and everything. After the holidays were terrible, lots of issues with shipping, and then things got back to normal. I'm sending something to Massachusetts. It's supposed to be a one day. I put a bunch of ice packs. I was like, this will be fine so long as it gets there in one day. Of course, it gets held up. It, it takes like six days to get there. It shows up. It's like absolutely destroyed, soupy, gross. So that you know, that's an exa- that, that's a real story. Um, that happened like four weeks ago. Um, but the goal, the, the, the angle would be um, styrofoam, dry ice, and more intentional shipping option. And yeah, then if people find it to be worth it, it'll be a little expensive, but um, the ice cream is crazy good. I would say that it might be going in the mail soon. That's a goal. It's a goal for may- maybe summer, you know, that would be, that would be really awesome. That'll be the test right there. We'll ship it to Texas. If it makes it to Texas, you know you're pretty much good anywhere. Dude, I, I was putting a care package together for you guys anyway, um, and then and then Christian ordered. So I'll, I'll have to try to find find a way to sweeten it up for you. But I doubt it will have ice cream in it. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I'm not quite there yet. It's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. We'll we'll purchase that in the future. You just let us know when we can do it. Thank you guys. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, okay. So best question uh, of this whole episode, and I'm sure everybody's probably wondering this as well, unless they've scrolled down to the show notes, but what's the best way for them to connect with you and find out more about Bucci Coffee? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I would say the best way is going directly to my website. That's my preferred way which is bucicoffee.com or bucci.coffee or all sorts of things. You could Google Bucci Coffee and I should show up there too. That'd be great. Um, also through uh, social media, Instagram. I definitely, you know, I like Instagram. It's cool. 
Uh, you could always direct message. We, uh, you know, we started there by messaging back and forth. My Instagram is bucci.coffee.co. Um, so yeah, those two things. My email list. I like my email list a lot. I try to keep it very intimate. I don't send a lot of emails. It's really only with you know good stuff when I have new offerings or something I feel is important to say. Um, and people get ten percent off their next order for signing up. So I try to incentivize that. So yeah, website, Instagram, and Facebook. The two the two giants plus my personal website would be the best way. Awesome. We're definitely going to uh, make sure to link up all of those in the show notes and just really want to give you, uh, you know, a huge thank you for coming on. It's been fun. Um, really just to connect on Instagram, make this happen. I'm glad Christian was able to purchase something and also just great um, to hear so much about your business and where you guys are going. So we're super excited. And hopefully um, if you guys are listening and you, and you get some coffee, make sure to make sure to let them know uh, that you came over here from the podcast and um, make sure to go get signed up on that new list and that email list. So you can save yourself 10%. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I want to send, you know, huge thank you to you guys. Your, your pleasure to talk to very easy. Uh, We don't even know each other, but I feel like I know you now. And, um, I really appreciate the great questions. It's it's fun to talk about my, my own project, of course. So I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. Christian, look out for that package. Will do, man. I'm excited to try it. I'll let you know. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBranding and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.